welcome to this very special preview mini episode uh, in which Matt and I are going to talk about our new history project. Yes, that's right. Matt and I have a new history series coming for you in January of 2023. It is called Hell on Earth, The 30 Years War and the Violent Birth of Capitalism. It's premiering January 11th and it's going to rock and listening is mandatory. Hi, welcome to the episode, Matt. Hey, hello. Matt, let's start off. What the hell is the 30 years war? Well, uh, it's a war that uh, did in fact last about 30 years. That's a good and round number. Uh, it was a massive conflagration in the heart of Europe, uh, Germany specifically, uh, where the Holy Roman emperor with his Protestant princes and also countries like France and Sweden for control over Germany uh, at a time when dynasties were turning into states all across Europe. Uh, and the Thirty Years' War is basically the attempt to turn the German lands into a single political unit. And uh, spoiler alert, it fails miserably and bloodily <laughs> and horrifyingly. Uh, and so if you're a big uh, European history buff, this is uh, obviously sounds very fascinating. But if you're not really into the uh, warring principalities of Central Europe in the mid-17th century, uh, why the hell should you care about this? Well, think of it this way. You had a social, political, and economic order in terminal crisis with elites locked in conflict with one another while a largely powerless population suffered, all accelerated by dramatic climate change, which caused a cascade of warfare and communal violence. Mm. There's also pandemic illness, endemic financial collapse, a universal crisis of legitimacy among the ruling class of the continent. All of this brought to a fever pitch by destabilizing new communications technology that changed the way people imagined the world around them and imagined themselves in that world leading to speculative financial bubbles, moral panics, ideological polarization, even paranoid fantasies motivating people at the highest levels of power. Yeah, so basically the way that I like to think about this series is that uh, it's basically two levels. It's on the ground, the actual people, places, events, things of it. It's basically Game of Thrones, but real. It is yes. uh, wild violence between both armies and individuals. It is uh, palace intrigue. It is uh, incestuous intermarriage between dynasties to secure power over vast swaths of territory. Uh, that is the story we want to tell on the ground level. And then the top level of it is the sinews and muscles of what we would come to know as capitalism and states capable of imposing capitalism onto their polities uh, being knit together uh, out of this ferment of a collapsing previous social order, even though the people who were doing it didn't even have any idea that that was what they were doing. Not at all. It is essentially Game of Thrones where uh, instead of magic, it's Christianity. Yes, but it's exactly. a similar world where the changes people are experiencing are not being processed the way we would. They're being processed in a in a more enchanted world that this conflict goes a long way towards disenchanting. Yes. I mean, that is one of the uh, themes of it is magic being ripped out of uh, the social ferment and turned into the market. Mm -hmm. Another way I like to think about this is if for everybody who listened to Hell of Presidents, if, if Hell of Presidents, to keep with the Game of Thrones metaphor, if that was our uh, you know Game of Thrones series, this is our House of the Dragon. This is uh, all the things that would the entities that would be that would go into uh, building the world that America that would then take control of with our own brand of uh, demonic imperial capitalism. This is the story of all those things being first laid out onto the earth. 
Um, so should we go through and maybe discuss like exactly what the course of the series is? Yeah, let's do it. Okay. So the 30 years war is the centerpiece of the series, but we've got to get, do a little bit to get there. Uh, and so the whole series begins with the man, Martin Luther, 95 theses, the door of the all saints cathedral. Uh, we got to start with the Protestant reformation, um, which is something that we have touched on a lot in both Chapo and Matt's individual projects. The kind of essentialness of Protestant mindset to our uh, current market-driven world. Right, Matt? Yeah, but as usual, this is something that is not, that doesn't make the change. People don't become Protestant and then decide to do capitalism because they're Protestant. Capitalism is emerging as uh, a way to make sense of the uh, shifting demographics and technological uh, realities of Europe. Uh, And then Protestantism becomes a way for people to make sense of that new world that they find themselves living in. And that was all made possible by uh, the patron saint of posters, Martin Luther. (laughs) So we start with Martin Luther, uh, and then we have to kind of bring us up to 1618 when the Thirty Years of War begins. So we, of course, have to cover uh, the Habsburgs, who are huge characters in this. And I think that people are kind of aware of the Habsburgs as the epitome of the inbred uh, imperial uh, dork commanders of European statehood. Well, yeah, they are very much like the Targaryens that they love to marry uh, each other to keep the blood pure uh, with uh, some hilarious consequences of that that we will get into. Uh, And they were the dynasty that came closest to uh, establishing uh, the dream of a universal monarchy in Europe but they were, for many reasons, unable to do so. And their failure to secure that guarantees a cycle of medium-sized state competition uh, over, in the Little Ice Age, dwindling resources and dwindling agricultural surplus, which leads to the cataclysm of war that follows. So we track the uh, rise of the Habsburgs to their pinnacle and then the war being kind of the beginning of their end. Uh, as well, we meet um, many other of the uh, legendary dynastic figures of this era, including the leaders of neighboring countries like France and Sweden, figures like Cardinal Richelieu, uh, who people have probably heard of through history or perhaps that one Monty Python sketch, uh, figures like Gustavus Adolphus, uh, the number one Swede of all times. You have anything? He's the top to, Swede. He's, There's no yeah. compare other than maybe the guys people in ABBA. It's, it's, <laughs> he, it's he's unchallengeable. Uh, anything to tease about Richelieu, uh, Gustavus Adolphus, other fun characters in this? Like, uh, oh God, who's that horse lord? Oh yes, uh, Bentham Gabor, John George got, of Saxony, a whole host of interesting characters. From Albert Central Wallenstein. Europe. You got yes. every. You got the original orb ponderer, Rudolf II, the second, yes. the uh, Holy Roman Emperor who found it too difficult to actually govern the Holy Roman Empire, so he just went into his uh, drawing room and looked at all of his cool uh, maps and and, uh, skeletons and shit and and pondered his orb with the hope that he could gain some sort of mystical control of of the world, and uh, he was uh, unable to. And you got guys like uh, Christian of Anhalt, the the epitome of of a young money hustler trying to leverage his relatively minor noble title in the Holy Roman Empire into becoming the kingmaker for a whole new dynasty, which is part of what leads to the whole bloody affair. Uh, And yes, as you mentioned, uh, Albert Wallenstein, uh, the king of all mercenary captains, uh, a guy who thought for one brief moment that he could lead an independent army uh, outside of any state 
uh, organization to becoming a real king within a dynastic model. Uh, you have people like Bethlen Gabor, who I mentioned earlier, a Hungarian horse lord who is as close to as any uh, historical figure might ever be to a real life Dracula. Well, other than actual Dracula, other than actual Dracula, but you know he yeah. is he is that kind of figure. He's from the Draculated branch of European nobility. Uh, Cardinal Richelieu, a, a a genuine warrior bishop. Uh, overseeing sieges personally while negotiating a palace intrigue with Queen Mother de' Medici's, who was running her own ring of sexual spies. Actually, that might be yes, different the generations of Medici's, but they're all in there. Uh, so, you know, we've got all these interesting characters. We have, of course, uh, the Dutch, who are sitting in the background in their uh, watery merchant cities, uh, slowly knitting together the origins of things like the Joint Stock Company. Which, you know, again, is something that sounds dry on paper, but uh, think of how many joint stock companies control your lives right now. <laughs> this is literally where they come from, the demon Dutch in the, in the 17th century. And while all this is happening on the continent, and we will be focusing, you know, the, the narrative hook is the Thirty Years' War, but we're going to be ending the series by focusing on a country that sort of escapes most of, of that violence, but is shaped by the same processes that lead to uh, the Thirty Years' War and emerge from it in a position uh, to bring together all of these uh, changes, all of these innovations in culture and technology and finance and administration to create a, a model to compete on the European framework and to emerge victorious and to eventually cede uh, the United States with their DNA and allow it to replicate across the entire uh, planet. And of course we're talking about uh, the cursed Albion, the, the <laughs> monstrous swamp hell known as uh, England, which is able to uh, bring together all of the, the traumatic changes of the 17th century and knit them into a coherent cultural uh, and uh, economic technology. So yes, we after we cover the course of the Thirty Years' War, the results of it, how it affects the rest of the continental powers throughout, uh, you know, the ne their next few centuries of history, we will hop over the channel and uh, catch up with the English and kind of run through the track of their revolution, their civil wars, and get them all the way to the glorious revolution of sixteen eighty eight, where they uh, merge with the Dutch and bring a, uh, a kind of fully formed uh, capitalist state onto the world stage for the first time and set the stage for the rest of modernity. So we're not going to take too long here. Hopefully we're getting across the whole vibe of what we're doing here. It is violence, intrigue, backstabbing, incest, assassinations, magic, prophecy, insanity, blood, death, and destruction. And it is the origin story of capitalism. So that's the show. It's hell on earth. Uh, 10 narrative episodes. Uh, they're all about an hour to an hour 40 each. It's a lot of content. We've been scripting this the entire year. Uh, we're both very proud of it. Uh, and that is going to come out January 11th on Chapo Trap House's Patreon. Patreon.com slash Chapo Trap House. Anything else you want to plug about the show before I get into the business at the back of this? Uh, just that it's the most... Uh fully conceived thing that uh, we've done so far. Uh, all the episodes are, are scripted for the most part, uh, but we have, we still are able to uh, break for uh, banter and, and conversation, but uh, it's, it, we're trying to get across an entire uh, uh, thesis here 
and I think I think we I think we did a good job. Yes, uh, I think we are both uh, very psyched about this. I mean, also we we together while writing it have blown our own minds several times with like how discovering how all these things fit together as we try to re- weave this one story. Um, so it surprised us uh, as we're writing it, writing it, how uh, compelling the uh, pitch of it is. And as Matt said, it's fun. There's a lot of absurdity and dramatic irony here and great pompous idiot characters and people constantly shooting themselves in their own feet and some of the saltiest uh, letters and greatest historical owns of all time. Lots of tea being spilled in Lots of diplomatic cables. Gnarly battles, dramatic deaths, well-timed companies of arquebusiers, halberd violence. We love a good halberd killing. Getting yes. skewered with a halberd, you can't beat it. And that certainly happens within. So, Hell on Earth, that's the show. But also in this episode, I have some uh, business about how the show will be launched. Um, like all of our other bonus series, uh, the first episode... Uh, will be free to all listeners on our public feed as well as on the Patreon feed. The following nine episodes will premiere exclusively on Patreon, chapotraphouse.com slash Patreon for subscribers only. But if you're interested in subscribing for this and want a good deal, we're also excited to announce a new model of subscription to Chapo Trap House, which is an annual membership. Uh, so the idea will be, uh, after we premiere this feature, that uh, for a discount of one month off, you can buy an annual membership to Chapo Trap House's Patreon for just $55. Usually it would be $5 a month times 12 months, $60. Annual memberships will be $50. But not just that. For the first week uh, that we are premiering this feature, uh, starting today, that's November 17th and running until Thanksgiving, November 24th. Be thankful for this. Uh, we are giving an additional discount, a full 12.5% off of a year of content. Now that's going to give you every weekly premium Chapo episode that will take you all the way through this season of Hell on Earth. As I've said, we've got these 10 narrative episodes. We might do some like interviews and bonus content later. We've been so absorbed with actually writing this thing that we haven't thought about that. But there's some people I'd like to talk to for interviews. Don't you think, Matt? Oh, absolutely. Yeah, we could bat it around. So we might have some additional content for Hell on Earth on top of the 10 episodes we already have planned. Also premiering today, season two of Hinge Points, also with Matt and Danny Bessner. You want to talk a little bit about this season of Hinge Points? Yeah, so this season of Hinge Points, uh, we're we're doing more of the beloved uh, Hinged Points that we love, but this time we're uh, having guests. Uh, We're going to talk about uh, different things like what if England had never become separate from the rest of the continent. We'll be talking to Chris about that because it feeds into uh, uh, the Hell hell on Earth and the the rise of England and and just how much they're... uh, their status as a little island out there in the middle of nowhere helped uh, them to create this uh, independent polity as opposed to just being subsumed by some greater empire. Uh, but we're also talking uh, uh, to uh, people about uh, what if Nixon had won in 1960? Uh, what if Napoleon had converted to Islam? You've got a lot <laughs> That's of what different, I'm most uh, interested in where that what if came from. Uh, well, he almost did is the thing in, uh, in Egypt. He, he, he yeah, when he was in Egypt, he he weighed the uh, the possibility of of converting to Islam and becoming uh, the Pasha of Egypt. Uh, I and see. I did not know this. I got I got yeah. to listen to Hinge Points. Yeah, yeah. Uh, one of the big stumbling points is though though is that it, the local uh, Muslim clerics who were willing to accept him as their new overlord insisted that he and his entire French army uh, convert to Islam, which meant uh, getting circumcised. So that would have <laughs> that was. One of the that's one of the reasons it didn't happen, but 
we talk about, Hey, well, you know, what if they could have finessed that? Uh, so, uh, yes, uh, we'll be talking to a bunch of people, a bunch of wacky. What ifs let's, let's all come with us and swim in the counterfactual seas of history. Great. So that's premiering right now. When you're listening to this, that should already be out or coming out immediately after I publish this. Uh, so your that annual membership discount will include this running through next month. It starts immediately. Uh, I believe Felix has a new concept for a bonus series uh, next uh, year. I am going to twist Will's arm until he actually produces a bonus series uh, next year. We have some concepts on that. I don't want to make it sound too forced. He has some great ideas. I just actually need to get him to do it. Uh, so we're going to have tons of bonus stuff all on the Patreon all next year, uh, making an annual membership a very worthwhile proposition. Just off, the, I did some back of the napkin calculations just off the stuff we have planned, which is not even going to be half of the stuff that's going to actually come out. It comes down to like 75 cents an episode just of the premium Such stuff. Such a deal. If you uh, do an annual membership, we're excited to offer this. We always love to offer deals to the fan. So uh, that will be available uh, starting this Thursday, November 17th. Hell on Earth comes out January 11th on Patreon. Uh, and Hinge Points is out now. Uh, that's all the announcements for right now. Uh, and please uh, tune in to the Hell on Earth. Matt and I uh, put a shit ton of work into this. And we're very, very happy with how it turned out. Uh, and I think it's going to be a lot of fun. Absolutely. All right. Well, we will see you in January for some hardcore Halberd action. <laughs> Bye-bye. Bye. Bye.